0: You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our Revival Recap. Today, we're chatting about highlights from our Saturday night meeting. I'm Clint Davis, and I'm here with our very own Shane Harris. Hey, Shane. Hey,
0: Clint. How are you doing? It's good to be here.
1: Yeah, good, good. Ooh, looking forward to this. Uh, yeah. Fruit, fruit, fruit all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So fantastic. Um, hey, great preach on Saturday, man. Um, Thank you. As far as everything else went about the meeting on Saturday, I always like to catch up on some of the aspects of what we're building, our culture, our community. What was Saturday like for you? Maybe some of the things that stood out to you that we maybe didn't see or didn't pick up on.
0: Um, do
1: you have anything like that for us today?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I thought the worship was really, which it, it always is. We have some phenomenal worship leaders. And uh, Marquita. there was one moment in the worship that was so, phenomenal to me I, you probably remember when it slowed down and mm. she just slowed everything down and probably in the whole service in that moment is where i could really sense the presence of god and there was like this nice space there just to get revelation from god so i just i really enjoyed how she brought that in
1: i love that we we yeah. need to dub that i think we should call it marquita's matrix moment <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> everything just slowing down yeah, yeah. Man, I know it's it's hard to I mean almost everybody we've done a recap with in the week has been like yeah worship.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it is like so awesome. And I think it's really incredible how many different worship leaders we have and they all bring kind of a different flow. And right. so it's you just never know what it's going to be like, but it's always good. Right. And it yeah. is such
1: a core cool part of our um, of our culture and how we come into the throne room to start the the service off and that but you, you're 100% right. Every one of them is different. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's just flowing from their, you can tell from their personal personal lives. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And so is uh, every single individual <laughs> It should be coming with your own personal flow. Right. And um, so the hopefully truth. you are spending time with God in private and bringing it on a Saturday. We love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Talk about it. All right. So um, you preach a message titled "Supernatural Fruit Pouring into the Present." Yes. It's, I, I get the sense straight off the bat that there's two presents. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your heart behind this message? Why this message now? What do you What do you sort of pick up in the spirit that led you into this topic?
0: Yeah. So it's been kind of an interesting journey with this particular message. Um, it's. I feel like it's something that's. Um, that's kind of developed over the last few months. I taught a class at Bethel Austin on the book of Colossians. And so in that book, just taking months, just diving in, kind of breaking down different parts of Colossians, um, I began to to see some things regarding the gospel, which I think we'll talk about here. Um, And as I began to see those things, I just began to, to marinate in what God was speaking to me about the power of the gospel to to bring transformation, not only in salvation, but also in this ongoing idea of of transformational discipleship. And um, I marinated that for a while. Then I took a trip to, to Germany, and it was really fascinating to me because when I was in Germany, I had this encounter with God that was a part of... Spending all that time in the Word in Colossians, and this encounter um, happened in a in a service, and a, it was so strong that I I became very very unaware of actually what was happening in the room because I was so uh, focused on the on the Lord, and it was like it was almost like I was being pulled up into a heavenly realm, and I I, I began to see in that realm uh, the this gate. I actually saw two gates. And one of the gates, the way I could describe it, it was more, less like a gate, more like an, an opening where you walk through the oil of the, of the Spirit. And when I walked in through that, it was, it was a place where I began to see the unsearchable riches of Christ that's talked about in Ephesians. And what I began to see there was those were the fruits of the Spirit, and that the riches of heaven are actually the fruits. And the main thing that I saw while I was there is that those fruits could not be picked up with your hands by your, really representing your own ability or your ability to work those things, but they could only be picked up by your heart. And, um, and as I began to see that, I began to see this place of consecration, of how important it was to pick up the fruit of heaven with your heart live a life that's consecrated so that you can pick up more and more of it. And then the other gate I saw was a gate that kind of exited this place and went out into the world where you could impart these things to other people. Wow. That's,
1: yeah. That's amazing. I almost <laughs> don't want to breeze over that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's an amazing vision to have. Yeah. I love the uh, I love the picture of coming through like the veil of oil.
0: Yeah, that's,
1: yeah. Because it speaks of anointing, right?
0: Yes, yeah. And, and it was really like I just saw a place where to, to go into this place and then to come out of this place with those fruits. And, um, yeah, really powerful because God wants to to put these things in us and then go out and, and share with the world His nature and His character. What's the dynamic
1: of every believer being anointed to carry fruit?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that um, we've all... As followers of Jesus as new creations are designed to look like him are designed to carry his not only his power but also his character and his nature and so I believe that's for all believers I don't believe um, that's something that one person's supposed to carry uh, more than any other I think it's available to all of us but it's as we come into his presence is as we spend time with Him, we become more like Him, and so I really think it should be our aspiration as believers to become more and more like Jesus. That should be the primary thing that we're doing. That's so good. It seems to me, and get me, you know, tell me if I'm right or
1: wrong about this. I want to, I want to tussle with you a little bit. Yeah, sure. So we have gifts, all yep. right, and we have fruit. Right. Seems like we have a massive emphasis in the modern day church for gifts, yeah, of course, and forget about fruits some time what can be disheartening to, to a lot of people right um, maybe you could touch on that a little bit as far as gifts versus fruit differences importances yeah
0: yeah I mean I think of I think they're they're both extremely important we want the gifts we want um, God's power to flow through us um, but at the same time and I don't believe we have to pick one or the other I think that we should we should be going for both of those things because um, the, the fruit is, the, is God's character and His nature. And so we want to carry that with the gifts, with the power. And I think sometimes those things can get out of line, which can cause problems. In other words, we can carry anointing, but if our, our character in, is not lining up with His character, then we will begin to actually operate in those gifts, not from a position of love, but a pos- position of self. And so I don't think the gifts are going to be near as effective. And even at times, we see lots of problems where someone's really gifted, but they're not operating out a place of the love of God. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Um, it almost seems in a way that because you've drawn this incredible dynamic, and some of the some of the one-liners you threw out there this week were <laughs> just awesome. Yeah. This correlation between the fruits that are in the heavenly realm mm-hmm. is almost like I don't want to put it this way, but for lack of better language, it's like there's a eternal importance right on fruit and this Christ-like character where on gifts, maybe not so much, some of them are kind of for this
0: age, right. Is that I mean, it's kind of simplistic, but you know. yeah, yeah, I think definitely. some some of the gifts are more, are more for ministry in this earth, so it's extremely important, but the character and nature of God is something that we will walk in through all eternity. And so I think there is a weight of a, eternal significance that happens when we begin to talk about the, the fruits and the character and the nature of, of Jesus in us. So good. Yeah. Just slinging fruit at each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you mentioned this
1: term and I love it. It's so close to my heart as well. Transformational. Discipleship. Uh, you brought up Colossians 1 5. Yeah. And you spoke about the gospel working in us in transformational discipleship. That the gospel is actually working inside of us right now.
0: Yeah. And one thing this really came out of this class on Colossians. Um, Colossians 1 6 says, um, or let me I'll just read that. How about yeah, that? Go ahead. It's really powerful. Colossians 1 5 says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of this you have heard before the word of truth the gospel in verse 6 it says which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it's bearing fruit and increasing and so we see here that that Paul was was writing to both the he was writing to the Colossians and he talked about that the gospel was coming to the whole world but also to them and that it was bearing fruit and increasing and so out of that i really began to see how the gospel's not just Something that we often think of it in that that thing that happens at initial salvation, which it is. The message of the gospel, we receive it into our hearts. But it's also continuing to work inside of us. The power of the cross, the power of the resurrection is something that is constantly working in us. It's constantly bearing fruit and increasing in us. And so that's that's really where that comes from in, in Colossians.
1: Absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's a good distinction to make in that the word gospel is good news. Right. We see it as that's the defining term of our faith. It isn't really, there are many different gospels. Right. And when we separate the gospel of salvation for salvation, then we have this other gospel that lives under the gospel of the kingdom. When you come in salvation, you don't have much fruit necessarily. I mean, you do, every person is creating God's image, so there's fruit, right. but you start growing in it. Right. But then as you continue in the gospel of the kingdom, this fruit Aligns with your cult, your um, character that grows to right. be God's character, right? Yeah. So uh, I love that we do move on from from gospel very easily, don't we?
0: We do. We get away from it really quick sometimes. Real quick. Yeah.
1: Um, so transformational discipleship—the term really does put an onus on us, but there's a responsibility that comes with it as well. Yeah. But then this awareness that you've raised—that the gospel is working in us uh-huh. all the time? What are some of the practicalities as we go through our everyday lives that we might realize, oh, is that the gospel working in me?
0: Yeah, so, um, well, I think it's really important to realize that the, it, it is the fruit, when we talk about the fruit and we talk about the gospel producing fruit. So I don't, I don't have the ability to produce fruit. What I do have the ability to do is cultivate the ground of my own heart so that I can receive more fruit. And so there's a lot of practicalities with that. Spending time with the Lord, spending time in the Word, worship, I mean they're all really basic things. But as we cultivate our hearts, as we we push away things that could distract us or negatively affect our relationship with Jesus, we are cultivating something. we're entering into that place of, of consecrating our heart before the Lord, being set apart before Him so that more of that fruit can operate in our lives.
1: So good. You mentioned patience. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think any of us were sure if that was a confession <laughs> or if that was just an example. Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> no, I think it was both.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. We'll take yeah. that.
0: You can ask my wife, Stacy if I'm patient. I'm not a very <laughs> patient patient-oriented person. That's so funny.
1: <laughs> we um, So we have, let's take patience, for example. Yeah. We have a little bit of patience. We start growing in fruit, exercising that fruit of patience, um, living it out more. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of how it grows, right? Is right. That, that's kind of the simplest way that we we cultivating the ground and living in what we are stewarding.
0: Right, exactly. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and we want to grow in all the, all the fruits. I think sometimes it can be like, well, I kind of operate in this fruit, but God doesn't want us to stop there. He wants, if I'm not a patient person, I need to touch him in such a way that I begin to gain patience.
1: That's so good. You said um, superfruits. Superfruits. fruits. Let's get on to that because yes. super fruits, I love it. You you said you own the terminology now. It's yeah, all yours.
0: Definitely. I'll take it. It's all yours. <laughs> so
1: faith, hope, love. Yeah. All right. Um, and you did such a great breakdown of those. I love it. But this dynamic blew me away. This faith and hope operate in the heavenly realm
0: mm-hmm.
1: before they work here.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Break that down a little more for me. I know you did it in your sermon. I obviously don't want you to re-preach it, but... Right. There's so much. There's so much weight to that. Such beauty in it.
0: Yeah. So faith, I, I, div- I defined out, and I've I've got a lot on this. I won't go there, but faith being divine persuasion. I think sometimes people think of faith different ways, and I think it's interesting about faith, hope, and love. There are terms that the world uses for all of these that are incorrect. Oh, that's a good point. Right. Which is mm. kind of interesting. Right. These are these are like the superfruits of the Bible yet they're often defined wrongly by the world. So faith, it's not just a leap of faith. Faith is something, as we connect with God, we become divinely persuaded about what He says. And so um, we can stand in faith, being divinely persuaded about what He says. Before we ever see the reality released to us in this life, we can actually stand in that place of what God says. Same thing with hope. We define that as... is. Confident expectation in the goodness of God. So I have I'm confidently expecting God's goodness to come through in the situation I think sometimes we don't know how he's going to come through, but I could literally stand in a a hopeless Situation but stand in full hope that my God will come through and so really those things are they're lifting us up above the circumstance or the situation that we are currently in and they're pulling us up into God's heavenly realm to see things and experiencing things the way He sees them before we actually see it in this in this earth.
1: It's amazing. I just want to highlight something that's happened over the last few weeks because Joaquin's been preaching as well about hope mm-hmm. and um, it being tied to expectation, and then hope deferred making the heart sick. Mm-hmm. Largely, often because our expectation, our target that we set for God, is incorrect. Um, instead of getting on his page, we ask him to come and get on ours. Right. Um, and I just want to highlight how beautifully this all ties up to what you've been speaking about now. Mm-hmm. If you all haven't listened to the previous recaps, go and listen to those. Listen to the previous sermons. If you've missed a week and haven't caught up, do that, because something's happening at the moment in these messages. Um, and that's why we're doing this, so that it all ties together into the fabric of your growth in the faith and uh, being closer to God, uh, it's just it's beautiful, beautiful how God works, right?
0: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because hope—if you're—if your target, you have to have a heavenly target for your hope, and if we keep our eyes on that heavenly target, then we won't we won't become sick and disappointed,
1: right? Yeah. Now we can take any of the fruits, um, but particularly faith, hope, love. Um, Self control is a good one no, for uh, sure. When we put it into our current age, you said. We are, um, we are significant, and we live in an amazing time in history. And many would not agree that we live in an amazing time in <laughs> history, especially over the next year as we head into the political race again yeah. and all that, right. all the mudslinging. But possibly there hasn't
0: been as great a time as this for the display
1: of real mature
0: fruit. Yeah, I mean, we live in the, I mean, a good way to maybe think of it is we live in the gospel age. And when I so when I speak into that, I'm speaking over a long period of time. But it is an amazing time to be alive because the mystery of the gospel has been revealed to us. And I was really speaking in the message. I kind of started this message out in a big um, macro way, which was that God was was basically um, showing his manifold wisdom to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. And so through the gospel, through what Jesus did, God is basically saying, the way I saw this was, God is basically saying to these rulers in, in, in heavenly places, that look at what I did, look at what my son has done. And he's literally putting his people on a dis, on display saying, "I am they have become and I'm making them more like me. So the victory that Christ won for us in the area of bringing transformation to us is quite amazing that we could be like God. So good. Yeah.
1: And um, that's just, I'm sorry, I just get blown away sometimes Mm -hmm. by that, that God would, God, God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The creator. Right. God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Would allow us to carry his image. Yeah, and
0: I think that is the great, when we talk about the unsearchable riches of Christ, that is the greatest fruit gift to us, is that He would actually make us like Himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's mind-blowing. <laughs> it is hard to fathom. Yeah. It is hard to fathom. I, I mean, I know you're, every, everybody out listening to this knows that, Shane, you and I are perfect, And and they know that we're perfect, but we know we're not perfect. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So we wonder about God's decision making.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely works
1: in progress, all of us. He's so good. Yeah. Um, You made the statement, you said, um, fruit is important because it's his image. This was out of Galatians 5. You said his likeness upon us. And you said, fruit is not inward, it's outward. The more mature the fruit becomes in you, the more it looks outward.
0: Yeah, that you know, and it was interesting as I was preaching this, I began, I was getting personal revelation on it. I I had the statement that it looked outward, but I didn't really have the context of the more we be, one great gauge of where we are in this walk of fruit, is how much are we looking outward, um, because our self the the selfishness looks inward, but the more we touch heaven the more we touch God's reality, the more of that fruit we pick up in our heart, the more we begin to not think about ourselves, but begin to think about others. And so that's worked out beautifully in the context of church community. Um, As we're out in the world, how are we operating? Am I thinking about myself or am I thinking about others around me? And Jesus was the most beautiful example of this as he gave his life completely for others and ultimately laid it down at the cross. And so gauging my maturity, that's how it's gauged. It's not by how much knowledge I have in my head. It's how much I'm being transformed into the image of Christ and then displaying his fruit. And maybe
1: that's the great
0: tie-in to back pedal to what we spoke about earlier between
1: gifts and fruit. Yeah. is that your gift can become very inward Yes, if you're not careful, it, it can become about you. yes, and uh, growing in fruit, focusing on fruit and the maturity of that fruit keeps that balance to work your gift outwardly.
0: Yes, I mean, I, years ago I, I prayed that my gift would not uh, would not surpass my fruit because with a gift, it can easily become about us. and um, but when we're walking in fruit, it'll balance in the right way. And so God's power can flow through us without us becoming um, haughty and high-minded about it and thinking that we are the greatest thing that, that has ever been given to the earth. And so it keeps us in the, in the right place when we, have, when we have the fruit of God because we're fo- focusing outward. In other words, the gift is not about building up me or my ministry. It truly becomes about how can I serve others? And that's true ministry when we're serving others. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very good. Very good. Um, Is there anything, I always ask this, is there anything after the fact? So you preach this sermon on Saturday. Sometimes what happens with us when we preach is we get in the car and we're like, ah, did that come across? Or I wish I hit that differently or harder or I forgot this. Anything after the fact that you want to add?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anything specific. This this message, I felt like I, I really got to what, God's heart was for it. Um, and he was given me just a lot of revelation in it. I think one of the things though that, that I want to emphasize here is, is when we go back to faith, hope, and love, love being the love of God being the agape love of God, being the tangible love of God, being his presence is what makes all of this work. Being the greatest gift. It's what makes everything flow. So we can have all of this, but if we don't have the atmosphere of the presence of God and His love being poured out, these things aren't going to work like they're supposed to work. And so um, one thing that I would really want to emphasize is let's get close to God. Let's let His love pour out inside of us because it is the most powerful thing that we possess is the love of God
1: yeah yeah so good um so i'm gonna wrap with the final question for you but i'm gonna tie it to how you ended the service uh you did a not a fire tunnel yeah a fruit tunnel. <laughs> a fruit tunnel. Yes. And why I want to tie it to this last point, the last, the last question I always ask is what what is the big, I mean, you've covered the big idea, but what's the big practicality for people to take away this week? What's the single thing that stops a person from going week to week hearing sermons and actually grabbing something and putting it into our lives during the week so that we own it yeah. and grow from it? And I want to tie it to the fruit tunnel because, you know, some people will go through times like that go home, uh, or during the week, um, lose it. Right. And then be like, well, I guess the tunnel didn't do anything, Mm -hmm, you know? Right. But there's something about our responsibility in that. And I get the sense it ties to your heartbeat about this whole sermon. Um, what is the big practicality, um, from this sermon?
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the big practicality, I mean, nothing, um, nothing profound here is spending time with Jesus. And it really all comes back to that. It, when we when we do a church service, when we're in a service, we get these impartations, we get encouraged, we get edified, we get built up, but we do have a responsibility that we carry for our own walk with God. And it really is important that we take the time to, we spend that time with Jesus because as we spend time with Him, that is what transforms and changes us. That is what, brings the impartation of fruit, and that is what allows the fruit to, to grow in us. So there's a lot that goes into that. There's disciplines and different things that go into that. But I think that's what I would say is is we all need to take that place of personal responsibility. And not not just from duty, but I think there's this coming to this place of really falling in love with Jesus. <laughs> because yeah. duty only takes me so far before I'm not doing it. But if I can have an encounter with God and not just and allow that encounter to continue day after day that's when i'm really going to be transformed
1: oh i love it yeah i, I don't want to say anything because we'll go for an hour <laughs> on that yeah um, amazing, man. Thank you. Thank you for preaching on Saturday. I know it's always a big task, especially with a teaching gift. It's like, yeah. you know, we do Encyclopedia Britannica of, uh, <laughs> right. of prep and then, uh, and then, then the preaching is always like, okay, I actually only needed to do that. That's <laughs> right? Cool. But so rich. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for joining us for the revival recap. Remember that you can get more out of our journey together at bethelatx.com or go ahead and chat to one of our connect coaches on a Saturday meeting till next time from me, Clint Davis. I'll see you then. Bye.
0: Yeah, thank you, Clint. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.